2021, which largely be affected by what happens to productive capacity in South Africa, what happens to the level of investment that companies put into the economy, and what will happen to electricity supply. The rollout of a COVID-19 vaccine, low interest rates, and the hunt for yield, historic opportunities for emerging markets, coupled with the threat of a full-blown debt crisis. These are just some of the factors likely to shape South Africa's economic recovery in 2021, a year the Chinese have dubbed the Year of the Ox, which promises reward for those who are willing to work hard to turn around their fortunes. But will the economy play ball? I am Lenyaro Sello, and in this Investec Focus radio podcast, we are talking to the Deputy Governor of the South African Reserve Bank and four domain experts from Investec for their take on the country's growth prospects following one of the most economically destructive years on record. The COVID-19 crisis deepened what was already a crisis of low economic growth, high unemployment levels, increase in debt, and continued downgrades. Then came the lockdown, one of the world's harshest, sending unemployment to record highs and forcing government to borrowing billions from local and international institutions. The year also saw major upheavals on the political economic front, with the thorny issue of the public sector wage bill going all the way to the high court and continuing government corruption, even on tenders directly related to COVID disaster management. South African Reserve Bank Deputy Governor Fundisha Zibana says when it comes to the shape of the South African recovery, the global outlook is just as important as any of these local factors. The size of growth and, and the, the extent to which our economy recovers is still to a large extent dependent on what is happening elsewhere in the world. So elsewhere in the world, we have seen a resurgence of COVID-19 infection rates in a number of economies that are going through a second wave of of infections that has added to the level of of uncertainty around the growth prospects and, and where growth would be in 2021. With that caveat, the Deputy Governor was prepared to share some ballpark predictions see the economic growth recovering. So for 2020, we had projected economic growth or a contraction of 8%. And in 2021, we see growth recovering and picking up to rise by 3.5%. And we also see growth increasing by 2.4% in 2022. She went on to underline the critical role of government in addressing legacy problems and attracting investment. It's quite important on the policy side for government to start to implement structural reforms that will support the long-term growth potential of the economy and for us to start to boost confidence and to reduce levels of uncertainty so that businesses can be more comfortable in making long-term decisions and to start to reinvest in the economy. Clearly, the recovery will be slower in South Africa than in countries like China that were on a strong growth path before the onset of the pandemic. For South Africa, even regaining pre-COVID levels of economic activity will take some time. And though some sectors like manufacturing and mining are already on the path to recovery, many others will continue to lag for some time. Here's Invested Chief Economist Annabel Bishop. 
We don't expect to achieve full recovery in the South African economy until 2023. And, of course, that's in nominal terms. If we were to look at inflation-adjusted terms, that could take even longer out to 2025. That's, of course, if we don't see a sudden massive ramp up in improving the ease of doing business in South Africa, massive productivity coming through from the civil service, and, of course, also as well, winding down a number of other impediments to economic growth that still persist. Topping the list of these barriers is the country's growing debt. While South Africa, unlike Zambia and Argentina, is not facing a full-blown sovereign debt crisis, rising debt levels are concerning and a key focus for rating agencies. Investec Wealth and Investment Chief Investment Strategist Chris Holtzworth says the debt conundrum can be solved, but it may come at the expense of some inflationary pressures. There's only a couple of ways you can solve the sort of debt-to-GDP problem we face. Either you have slightly higher inflation or you have higher growth or combination of the two, or you raise taxes. And it's not really possible for us to raise taxes. Taxes as a percent of GDP at this point is very high relative to other countries of the same similar sort of income. There's not a lot of scope on that side, which means you do need faster growth and you do need possibly slightly higher inflation. Um, so we wait to see if those things will come about. The big positive factor driving expectations of faster growth is the promise of a COVID-19 vaccine rollout in coming months. This has not only seen green shoots emerging in the real economy, it's also put global investors on a more risk-tolerant footing and helped inflows into the South African bond market. But here again, the debt-to-GDP ratio is an important factor. Here's Bronwyn Trower, a fund manager at Investec Specialist Investments. And if we just look at our bonds in, in general, you know, if our debt to GDP blows out or gets to an unsustainable level, we will start to underperform compared to our other emerging market counterparty bonds, which means obviously our bonds would be dumped and, and they would be favoured. The other emerging market um, country bonds would be favoured instead of ours. And, you know, our finance minister, Tito Mboweni, echoes the same sentiments and, and his point is very valid is, If we get to a point where we have a sovereign debt crisis, it will spill out to other sectors and sectors that are very, very important and critical to South Africa. So, I mean, by way of example, you know, the largest holders of our bonds are banking institutions and financial institutions and institutional clients. So if there's some sort of sovereign debt crisis, we are so scared that it will then lead to a banking debt crisis. And that's something that our country really can't afford at this point in time. So realistically, can we at least expect 2021 to put us on a better long-term debt trajectory? Chris Holtzworth believes increasing debt levels are a given, but the impact could be tempered by a higher level of business confidence. We'll definitely be borrowing more. That, that's, a, that's a given. If you look at it on an annual basis, the debt-to-GDP numbers are going to continue to deteriorate for the next few years. So we definitely will be issuing that no, no doubt there. So inflation starts to pick up. In May and June next year, up in our estimate, up towards about 5% or so. No material change in interest rates over, over the coming 12 months in our view. In addition, next year, hopefully, we'll end up with the vaccine being rolled out globally and potentially at some point in South Africa, which causes an improvement in business confidence. It also sees all the restrictions and mobility being gradually removed. And that means over the year, we land up with a natural boost to activity and all that sort of pent-up demand gets exercised, which means that we may well land up with surprising periods next year as that happens with increased demand for one. This improvement in business confidence is not only key for avoiding a debt trap, but also tackling levels of unemployment. The difficulty is the key leading indicator for private sector job creation in South Africa is the year-on-year change in business confidence. 
And business confidence at this point is still fairly depressed, telling us that we shouldn't be canceling in much job growth over the coming 12 months. Now, it may well be the case that business confidence picks up quite rapidly early next year on the assumption that a vaccine is developed and we end up with no more restrictions on, on mobility, both in South Africa and globally. Business confidence would ramp up, but that would imply that employment creation really only starts to pick up the year after. Speaking again to what we started off with, that there's going likely to be a gradual recovery for SA. So if the primary goal is boosting business confidence, how do we get there? According to Bishop, one important lever is policy reform. What needs to happen is a massive increase in the ease of doing business because our economic growth for South Africa is very subdued compared to other emerging market economies to the close to 8% for the BRICS. We're looking at, you know, all the BRICS, um, I suppose the consensus is possibly 7.5. We're looking at 25 for South Africa. Terrible outcome in comparison. South Africa needs to inspire business confidence by severely improving the ease of doing business. And that means cutting regulatory burdens, cutting the onerous part of regulations that just impede and stop business businesses from actually achieving what they need to do. You know, we saw in the latest business confidence readings that for the fourth quarter, the building sector is one of the most depressed sectors in South Africa, not just because obviously lockdown prohibited a lot of activity, but because it's really battling to get going as well because there's such low productivity from the civil service and a lot of the councils not fully operational, the surveyor's office, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, that's going to improve as we go forwards into the new year, but it is not yet expected to improve from where we were before COVID-19. Traditionally, low interest rates have been another lever for driving growth. And indeed, rate cuts were instrumental in saving the economy from total collapse in 2020, providing support for indebted individuals, as well as sectors like housing and vehicle sales. But with interest rates projected to remain low for some time, are we not at risk of losing foreign capital inflows seeking yield in our bond market? Now, Raleigh Theta from Investec's corporate and institutional banking, treasury sales and structuring team doesn't think so. I don't necessarily think that there's a high risk of losing capital inflows because of current interest rate levels in South Africa. And I think there's still the possibility of seeing another 25 basis point interest rate cut by the Reserve Bank, you know. And with policy rates in some developed markets as low as 0.05% and the average policy rate in emerging markets having declined from about 5.3% to an average of about 2.4% in August this year, there's still more than two percentage points of yield for yield seekers to earn in emerging markets when compared to the developed peers. To answer that question again from a South African perspective, you know, I think when looking at the G20 countries, we have the eight highest interest rates of those countries. So I don't think we, we necessarily run that risk of losing capital, given the fact that we're still quite attractive from a yield-seeking perspective. Apart from government bonds, the onset of the pandemic saw investors moving into traditional safe havens like gold and U.S. dollars. But with a gradual global recovery, Trower says South African investors are looking further afield. What we do notice recently, though, is obviously with the strengthening of the RAND, those who can afford it are externalizing their funds, they're taking their money offshore. And together with the global recovery of equities, the global growth story, we are finding that some local investors are taking their money offshore and particularly deploying it into global equities. Locally, Trawa also notes, there has been a shift in investor behavior with more willingness to take up risk, driving demand for equities. But how long that lasts? is unclear.
I think the other dynamic that is important to note is that, remember, you know, with the downgrades, we are going to feel the pinch. So with the increased cost in government debt, with our suppressed growth, with the fact that jobs are at stake and we continue losing them, and the fact that, you know, household income will come under pressure, we're not sure if that kind of appetite will stay around for long. But that is currently where we're seeing trends and shifts in terms of where the money is flowing to in the various funds. So we can expect another tough year for both the local and the global economy. But we may also see improvements in areas that dragged the economy down this year, such as the U.S.-China trade war, global political volatility and fresh lockdowns, says Annabel Bishop. The global economic factors that could affect South Africa would obviously be from a financial market perspective, a negative sentiment prevailing, such as a massive risk-averse climate. And of course, as a consequence of that, some of the factors be very negative for South Africa's currency. And of course, obviously, if we get, as expected, further credit rating downgrades next year, have a much more substantial impact. So, you know, what would obviously drive a turn in sentiment could be higher interest rates, higher inflation globally, but inflation is not expected to lift massively in 2021 from a global perspective. Inflation is expected to be fairly contained from a world average. There certainly will be unexpected events that occur and obviously could cause weakness. And yes, we obviously are anticipating a much better global economic environment under Biden than Trump. Instead of the stop-start nature that Trump's been famous for and the huge volatility, a more stable and improved relations with other countries, you know, with China, etc. So we're not looking for any escalation in the trade war in 2021. In fact, we're actually looking for a de-escalation. And of course, that is one of the reasons why the markets have really sold so much because of the um, Democrat near-clean sweep. Not, of course, because of Trump, but instead of joy that Trump, the Trump presidency is seen to be moving on. And of course, we're actually going to get this fiscal stimulus in the United States of perhaps close to $2 trillion, which then, of course, will feed into the rest of the world as well and provide fiscal stimulus multiplier effects through other economies in the world and even into South Africa as well, bolstering commodity prices, manufacturing, and of course, obviously allowing South Africa to expand and bring in more employment and incomes, improve incomes for South Africans. But that will not occur if South Africa doesn't further improve its regulatory environment, reduce its structural um, weaknesses, and work down the corrupt and corruption, and of course, as well, move to policies that reduce the hugely onerous burden of the regulatory environment and the blockages in the regulatory system in South Africa by improving the capacity of the civil service to deliver. And so, if 2021 is to set South Africa on the long road to recovery, we need first and foremost to tackle the persistent structural problems that were holding us back long before the first case of COVID-19 arrived on our shores. Deputy Reserve Bank Governor Fundisha Zibana has the last word. 2021 would largely be affected by what happens to productive capacity in South Africa, what happens to the level of investment that companies put into the economy, and what will happen to electricity supply. We did see during the course of 2020 that as the economy opened up, we started to have a few bottlenecks on on the electricity side. We have been experiencing electricity supply challenges. So if those supply challenges were to resurface in 2021, that would have an impact on how quickly our economy recovers. Thanks for listening to this Investec Focus Radio podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation, please take a moment to rate us and subscribe to Investec Focus Radio Essay wherever you get your podcasts.
views expressed are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily represent the views of the firm and should not be taken as advice or recommendation. Investec Specialist Bank, a division of Investec Bank Limited, is a registered credit provider.